We're doing a short series on the Spirit of God, uh, the power of God, the, the, the Spirit of God who indwells us and infills us. Um, the question that I think comes up many times is, how does God interact with us? How does God uh, do His work in our lives? How do we hear from God? How do we obey God? How do we follow after follow after him. In Job chapter 32, verse 8, it says this, but it is the spirit in a man, the breath of the Almighty, that gives him understanding. In the Old Testament and New Testament, it's very interesting that the word Holy Spirit, as it's defined, is, is the same word that is breath. Uh, pneuma in the New Testament, ruach in the Old Testament, uh, can mean either breath or spirit. Breath or spirit. So the Holy Spirit is indwelling us just as breath indwells us, as life indwells us, and infills us as followers of Jesus Christ. Last week, we looked at the person of the Holy Spirit, and I, I tried to make it very clear that the Holy Spirit is a holy who, not a holy it. Uh, too many times we think of a spirit as an it, but he is a person who indwells us. It is the presence and power of God that infills us. And we experience the life of God as followers of Jesus Christ by the person of the Holy Spirit who infills us and indwells us. The question arises, how do we do this, though? How do we live this life? What is the, what's the code? How do things work? And so this morning, I want to talk a little bit about the indwelling power of God in our lives. Uh, when I went to seminary, I, I went to seminary out in Texas, and it's there I met Kathy, who was born and raised in Abilene. And you know, Texans, when you hang around with them, Texas thinks they're their own country. Um, they, uh, they, they, they feel like it's more like Texas uh, is really the core of the United States, or if they wanted to split off, they could kind of thing. And there's this cowboy code of conduct that was first started by Gene Autry and then kind of grew from there. So if you're going to live on life on the range, what are some rules for living on the range is kind of this idea. And it goes something like this. Letting the cat out of the bag is a whole lot easier than putting it back in. They get funnier. Just hang on, okay? If you're riding ahead of the herd, take a look back every now and then to make sure it's still there. This is a good leadership principle in general. Uh, if you get to thinking you're a person of some influence, try ordering somebody else's dog around. <clears throat> it's one of my favorites. There's two theories to arguing with a woman. Neither one works. <laughs> Never slap a man who is chewing tobacco. <laughs> Amen. If you find yourself in a hole, the first thing to do is stop digging. This is really good advice. Always drink upstream from the herd. You'll get it later on. Some of you don't even know. <laughs> Never miss a good chance to shut up. Uh, life is simpler when you plow around the stump 
Uh, a bee is faster than a John Deere tractor. I put this in for Carrie Ann and Troy today, but I'm, I think they're downstairs. Don't name a cow you plan to eat. Uh, forgive your enemies. It messes with their heads. It don't take a very big person to carry a grudge. And the last one, good judgment comes from experience, and a lot of that comes from bad judgment. <laughs> the work, this code, it works well to get a person through life on the range, but how about our life now? Our life now. We want to look today about the presence of God in this life and how it affects us. Last week was the day of Pentecost, the person of the Holy Spirit. What does the indwelling of the Holy Spirit look like in our lives? Galatians 5, verses 16 through 25. So I say, live how? By the Spirit. Thanks. You can talk, you're going to have to talk a little today. I want to make sure you're still awake. Uh, so I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Here's the list. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We need to, once again, I think, I know this message for me personally is a reminder that if we're going to live the Christian life, the only way to do it is by the power of the Spirit. Living by the power of the Spirit. We have been given this unfathomable power in the presence of the Holy Spirit who indwells us, and we have no clue many of us, about what it is that we have. Think about it like this a little bit. I have, um, I have an iPhone that I carry around in my pocket. Let's say I went back to the 1950s, and, or a person from the 50s, and I was talking to them about this phone. And he asked me, well, what does it do? Well, you know, I can watch videos, you know, first of all, he said, what's a video? You know, uh, I can watch videos. I can find out where my family is at any moment. I can track them if I want to because I'm a stalker. Um, I, can, um, I can call people. I can read things. I can read books on here. I can access, really, 
all the information, almost, known to man, I can access it through this phone. The It's powerful. Maybe we would say something like, well, what do you do with it? Well, I argue with strangers, and I look at pictures of cats. That's what I do with this. I mean, really, we have something incredibly powerful, and we use it in our heads and practically for no real purpose other than to waste time. Listen, God has given us his very presence, his, his power to indwell our lives, and most of us act like it's a picture of a cat, like it's an entertainment for us, like it's about Paul also says this in Ephesians 5, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, by the way, which is on the other list of things not to do. Uh, instead, what? Be filled with the Spirit. Be being filled with the Spirit, a constant action of the infilling and empowering of the Spirit in our lives. Now, I know that the question arises, uh, for those of you who are from various backgrounds, uh, we have some people here who are Baptists, we have some people here who are from Catholic backgrounds, we have some people who are very Pentecostal backgrounds, we, uh, I mean, I could go down the list, but we are a diverse people. And we have all these teachings about, well, what about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What about the filling of the Holy Spirit? What about the anointing of the Holy Spirit? And there's an element to it that is a mystery to all of us. And I just want to say this to you. Just be filled with the Spirit. You may say, well, what does that mean? We get caught up in all the, the lingo that goes around it, but when we are engaged with the person of the Holy Spirit, whether we've been baptized, filled with, or anointed by the Holy Spirit. There's this old saying, by the way, and I, I like this because I think it gives us an idea of how these terms work. And it's when, and concerning the, the Spirit of God, one baptism, many anointings, constant filling. One baptism, Many anointings, constant filling. And we could dissect that. But what Paul is saying here is this. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. A constant activity in our lives. Because if we don't, we, we are not competent ourselves. We're not competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. By the way, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. I mean, he's got, he's an apostle. And he's saying this, I am in and of myself incompetent. Meaning what? I can't live the Christian life. I can't minister the gospel. I can't do what I'm called to do apart from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but how? How are we ministers, competent ministers of the gospel? Not because of what we know, but not because of the law, but because of the Spirit that indwells us. The power and presence of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit 
gives life. If we're going to competently live the Christian life, we're going to do it by the power of the Spirit. I don't see any other alternative. I don't see any other path other than by the power and presence of the Spirit of God. How does that, how does that happen in our lives? Well, let me give you just a couple of points on this from the passage back in Galatians. Walk with the Spirit. Walk with the Spirit. Here's how uh, Paul puts it in Galatians. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. He uses that phrase, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us walk with the Spirit. When you're walking with someone, you're in fellowship with them, um, right? I mean, conceivably, uh, Kathy and I, a lot of times on Sunday evenings, we like to go on a walk. We'll walk up to Starbucks, which is a couple of blocks from our house, because she knows she can bribe me. Uh, she'll say, let's go to Starbucks, and I'll go, oh, okay. And so we go for a walk, and we walk, and we pray, and we, we share with one another. Kathy knows that for me, that if I'm in the house, I will focus on something else. I'll start reading, I'll start watching sports, I'll start... But when you're walking, there's no other stuff to really give all of your attention to, other than the person you're walking with. There's this idea of, in the Old Testament, in a biblical mindset, that to walk with God is this intimate fellowship with Him. This is not some casual stroll in the park. This is a, a putting yourself, it's, it's dwelling with that person. You know, when, you, when you're a guest in someone's home, you act in a certain way. There are kind of guest protocols to being in someone else's home. I mean, it's, it, you're, you're in a bedroom there, you sh you're, you're sleeping there, you're, you've got the bathroom, um, I mean, you've got the living room, but it's not really yours to do with like you want. You know, you can't like suddenly go in the kitchen and start rearranging all the dishes. Uh, you know, these would be better here, and this would be better here, and you can't like just pick up the remote. It's another, it's kind of a cowboy code thing. You don't mess with another man's remote. Um, you know, you don't have a, you just don't have freedom because you're a guest there. But when you live in a place, when you're a dweller there, you have certain, not only freedoms, but expectations. I would say many of us treat the Spirit of God like He's a guest in our home rather than giving Him the freedom to say, You dwell in my heart. Do you understand? kind of rearranged the furniture a little bit. He knows what looks better where. He knows what needs to be done, gotten out. He knows what needs to be put in. If we're going to walk with the Spirit, then we need to think of Him as dwelling in our lives, His presence with us. And when we do, there is freedom. I, <clears throat> the teacher in me wants to kind of back up and but just think of it like this. The Galatians, who has bewitched you? 
foolish Galatians. That's one of the lines Paul says to them. Why? Because somebody has come into them and said this, hey, great that you're a follower of Jesus, but you know, Jesus was Jewish, and if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you've got to be Jewish too. And to be Jewish means you've got to follow the law. So if you really want to be Christian, what you've got to do is become Jewish and follow the law in order to follow Jesus. And Paul is directly saying to them, look, this is not about the law. The law was never freedom. The law is not bad, but it never is going to get you where you want to go. Life is in the Spirit. Don't walk with the law because, first of all, the law can't walk. So all the law is going to do, it's like a, it's like a post in your life that keeps you anchored but never really sets you free. The Spirit, though, walk by the power of the Spirit. It is, it is freedom. Walk with the Spirit. If we're going to be followers of Jesus Christ, I, I, I know I keep hammering this, people, but I, I'm saying it to me as well as you. This is not about right, wrong, do this, don't do this. This is about live life by the power of the Spirit. And then he's going to go on to say, the power of the Spirit it will help you avoid the pull of the sinful nature. Avoid the pull of the sin nature. Let me back up over this passage in Galatians again. He's going to contrast the life of the Spirit and the life of the flesh. He begins by talking about the sin nature. He says this, the old sinful nature loves to do evil. This is, by the way, I'm putting, uh, this is the New Living Translation version of this. The old sinful nature loves to do evil, which is just opposite from what the Holy Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite from what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, and your choices are never free from this conflict. Let me say this again. I like the way this is worded. When you come to know Jesus Christ, there's an old you, and now there's a new you. The old you has these evil desires that you are a slave to. You can't not do them. Do you understand? In other words, you're a slave to those evil desires. Why are you a slave to them? Well, even though you might at some point think, you know, this is not the best thing, there's a pleasure that's derived by doing whatever this desire is. You know, people who say to you sin is not fun, they, they have no idea what they're talking about. Sin is fun, and it brings pleasure, or you wouldn't do it. It's the bottom line. You know, I mean, we could just go down the list. I, I, don't, I don't want to, to say, you know, these things bring some sort of release in your life, some sort of pleasure in your life. And, and the truth is that in, in the sinful man, you cannot not do them. You're going to do them. So telling someone, standing on the street corner and telling someone, stop, whatever, is a total waste of your time. Why? Because they can't not do it. They're a slave to it. But he says, Paul says this, when you come into the power of the Spirit, now you're not a slave to that thing. You're set free. You don't have to do it. But he goes on and says, but there is a pull to it. 
There is a pull to the sin nature because we are still living according to the flesh. But the difference is, by the power of the Spirit, you can avoid the pull of the sin nature. Do you understand? You're never going to be free from the thought to sin. I don't believe that's what Paul is saying. It's always going to be there, this pull. You're going to walk out today. Something's going to happen in your life. You're going to see something. You're going to experience something. Something's going to happen in your life that is going to pull you toward sin, anger, cursing someone thoughts that you shouldn't have, the desire to fulfill some sort of activity. It's going to pull you in that direction. The old man, you had no choice. You were, you're going off on it and probably don't feel that guilty about it. But in the new man, the power of the spirit, you can avoid the pull of the sin nature. He says, goes on and says, but when you are directed by the Holy Spirit, you're no longer subject to the law. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, your lives will produce these evil results. And again, I believe the way he's wording it, he's saying the pull is there, the freedom is not to, so avoid it. And then in case we don't know what they are, he lists them out. He, he gives a list. And by the way, <clears throat> you can tell. You can tell by the end, he's like, I'm not going to get them all in here. So he starts off by listening to acts of the sinful nature are obvious. By the, by the way, he means obvious. Hey, look around, they're obvious. You can see them. You know what they are. Nobody really needs, a follower of Jesus Christ, you really don't need somebody to tell you, hey, don't do this. You know, they're obvious. And then he lists them out, though. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies. And then I think he just gets the point and and the like. You know, it's like, I I can't list them all. And the like. I mean, he categorizes them where you've got your group of sexual sins, you've got religious sins, you've got sins that are in personal relationships, you've just got lack of control that are all listed in this passage. And Paul's condemnation is strong, and I'm going to contrast it here in just a minute because I believe what he's saying is this. The person who walks by the power of the Spirit will not continually walk in these things because you can't avoid them by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's always a pull that you're going to have to resist, but you can do it by the power of the Spirit. What is he saying in reverse? I think in reverse, he's, he's, he's saying that if you are constantly walking in these things and not free from them, then you should examine whether you're a part of the kingdom of God. Don't get the cart before the horse. He's not saying, don't do these things and you'll get in the kingdom. But he's saying, if you are in the kingdom, God has given you the power to resist doing these on a consistent basis. Not that you're going to live a life of perfection. 
you're always going to, we're always going to stumble and fall, but we will have the ability to get back up and we won't, this will not be our dwelling. This will not be where we walk all the time. Instead, we're going to walk by the power of the Spirit. We're going to walk with Him. We pretty well set our own standards. This is an old joke, again, since we do Texas stuff, but uh, Willie Nelson, still kicking, uh, just released a new album. Uh, Willie Nelson, before he got in trouble with the tax man, because he chose to not pay his own taxes, or pay his taxes, period. He used to own his own golf course. He built his own golf course. And one day a reporter's out with him, and they're golfing, and the guy said to him, what's the best thing about owning your own golf course? And Willie Nelson says, well, I can, I can set par however I want. He said, see that hole there? That's a par 47. I birdied it yesterday. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how our lives are. We set this mark like, here's the way that we're supposed to. God sets the mark. God is the one who sets it. But he's not saying, look, you got to do this to make me happy. He's saying, look, I've given you the power of the Spirit so you don't live here. Do you understand the difference? One to me is the power of the gospel. One is the letter of the law. The law says, don't do these things and you'll get God happy. The other says, God is thrilled with you. He's pleased with you. He's put his power and presence. Walk with the Spirit, and you won't live here. You have the freedom to not live here. Avoid that pull. Third point is this. Realize the law of the harvest. Realize the law of the harvest. There is a harvest, a sowing and reaping principle that when we live by the power of the Spirit gets manifest in our lives. But the what? What's that word? Fruit. Some of you. Hello. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Paul's saying, look, there's fruit born when you walk with the Spirit. Fruit comes in this whole sowing and reaping principle. There's fruit that happens in your life. The Bible is full of expressions of the law of the harvest. Just one chapter later in Galatians 6, we're in Galatians 5. One last, in Galatians 6, he says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction, but the one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. The law of the harvest is, is pretty simple. You always, always reap what you sow. Hello? In other words, you want to reap a life of goodness? You want to you reap, I, I can't, I say reap too many times, it sounds weird, but um, to me at least. In other words, you want a good marriage? Start sowing seeds of good marriage, of relationship. If you want to you reap a harvest of 
righteousness in your kids, start sowing stuff into them. If you want to reap a harvest of life and godliness, that's what we have to sow. That's what we have to put into it. You always reap what you sow. In other words, you're not going to get oranges from an apple tree kind of thing. It's obvious. Some of us are like going through life like, you know, if all I do is sit here and watch television my life, I'm still going to raise great kids. I'm still going to have a great marriage. I'm still going to make tons of money. I'm still going to do, no, you're not. No, I'm not. No, we're not. It just doesn't happen. I was out battling my yard yesterday. It's a constant battle, especially this time of year. It's like, where the heck do these weeds come from? If I don't go battle my yard, it will be taken over. You always reap what you sow. By the way, you always reap more than you sow. A harvest. You're going to get more. And you always reap after you sow. You don't get to get it first. It's not like credit. Some of us live life on credit, which means you take your card, you go out and buy something before you got the money to get it. That's really what credit is. I'm mortgaging my future to enjoy my present. And in that, in that we're trying to reap before we ever sow with the hope that sowing will reap enough to pay off what I've already reaped. I'm not going to repeat that. There is a harvest. The same is true in your walk with the Spirit. Walk according to the Spirit, with the Spirit, and you will reap a harvest fruit of the Spirit in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, all these things. I mean, again, they're, but they're bunched in groups. You've got your um, inward fruits, so to speak, love, joy, peace. You've got those that are outward, patience, kindness, goodness. You've got those that are upward, really, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Some of them go in different directions. But he, he says, against their, such things, there is no law. Law will never get you to those things. But walking according to the Spirit. I'm, I'm called on to do a lot of counseling in people's lives at times. Marriages, children, individuals, just different things and Honestly, I, I am so ill-equipped to, at times, help people with their lives because I feel, I'll sit in front of people at times and feel not competent. You know what I mean? I feel like I can't, I just don't have enough knowledge to do this. I don't have enough strength to minister life to these people. I don't know what to tell them. And people will, will, will talk to me and then look at me like, I'm going to, you can make this all right. You can fix this. You can't, you're, you must, <laughs> thank you for thinking I'm much smarter than I really am, some of you. 
But this I will tell you. I am competent by the power of the Holy Spirit. The only competence I have is by the power of the Holy Spirit. If I'm left to do it on my own, I can't do it. Now think about this. You, you really aren't competent to have a happy marriage. I will. You're not competent to have, to raise children to be godly men and women. You're not competent to live the Christian life on your own. None of us is. But here's the unbelievably great news. God says, I'm putting my spirit within you. Now you're more than competent. Now you're more than a conqueror. Now you're an overcomer by my presence and might that indwells you. So stop living according to the pull of a nature you no longer have. Now walk with the spirit. Dallas Willard, before he passed away, shortly before, he was asked by, really, Bill, it was by Bill Hybels, if anything ever got him down. Now listen to this quote. He said this, I'll tell you what gets me down. Dallas Willard is a famous author and Christian man. He said, i tell you what gets me down. It bothers me that Christ's followers require so much prompting and conjoling to do God's work in the world. I know many pastors who must beg people to show up for events. They must beg people to use their God-given spiritual gifts to further his kingdom. They must beg people to read their Bibles and pray and tithe. Churches spend thousands of dollars producing emotional videos to move people to care for the poor because if they didn't show those videos, their congregations wouldn't really care for the poor. He paused then stated in closing, it shouldn't be this way. A Christ follower's motivation should come from within. Here's where that one statement to me is so short-sighted, though. It doesn't come from within by your own power. It comes from within when you give yourself to the power of the Holy Spirit who indwells you. My conviction from day one is this. I don't have to tell spirit-filled people to give. I don't have to tell spirit-filled people, stop sinning. I don't have to tell spirit-filled people who are walking by the power of the Holy Spirit, do this or do that. Why? Because walking with the Spirit on a consistent basis will manifest the fruit of the Spirit. It's the law of the harvest. Come to fruition. I want to encourage you to live by the power of the Spirit. To know His indwelling power that fills you up to overflowing. Just look at this passage one more time. If I tell you how to live the Christian life, what is going to happen? If, I'm going to, if I set up a list of rules that says do this and don't do this, what happens? It kills. It kills. I'll say this again. I've said it before. I think it's true in relationships in life. When love is absent, all you're left with is legalism. When love is absent, that's all you've got left is rules. And rules kill. 
Rules kill a relationship. Rules are not life-giving. It takes love. By the power of the Spirit, you are competent because He gives you life. This past week, I'll close with this little story and of Scripture passage, and then we'll, I'm going to pray for us. Because I'm preaching to myself this morning as much as anyone. I need constant filling of the Holy Spirit. I need to be filled up afresh and anew today. I need a fresh touch from Him. I need to keep walking with Him. This week uh, on, I don't know what day this week, Friday or Saturday, uh, a new movie comes out, Wonder Woman. I don't know if you've seen previews of the new Wonder Woman movie. Anyway, it, it, the, the character is uh, invincible, really. Um, hey, guys, this is a good story. You don't have to leave. You're going to like this. <laughs> Just talk about Wonder Woman. I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, you should never point out when people leave in a church. It's really not. It's really wrong. I'm sorry. Let me get back in step with the spirit over here. <laughs> um, she's really invincible. Uh, she's played by uh, Gal Gadot, who's an Israeli actress who's close to six feet tall and very beautiful. She competed in the Miss Universe pageant. And, um, <laughs> I was watching a morning talk show this week, and they had her on the the actress who plays the character Wonder Woman, she came out and they had the seats for her to sit down in and she said, I, 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 can't, I can't sit down. And they said, oh, okay, well, we'll stand. Is everything okay? She goes, I threw my back out. I started laughing. I started laughing because to me, it just, not at her, you probably are not near as ugly as I am, but Wonder Woman can't sit down because she threw her dang back out. See, she's just acting like Wonder Woman. She ain't Wonder Woman. Are you with me? Some of you are just acting like you're followers of Christ. Some of us are acting like we're filled with the Spirit because we know what the act looks like when I'm around others. But in the quiet of our home, we threw our back out. Something has got us. And I want to say, let's walk by the power of the Spirit. Walk with fellowship of the Spirit. You're not going to reap the harvest today of walking with the Spirit. If, you're, if your marriage is rough, probably you've sown seeds that have gotten you. You're reaping a harvest of something. It, it's not going to change today. But if you start sowing seeds of life and blessing rather than curses and, and freedom and walking by the power of Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Don't give up, because in due time, you will reap a harvest of righteousness. Let's stand and pray. Lord, I thank you this morning for your power and presence which indwells us and infills us. Lord, we, we thank you. We bless you. We acknowledge you. I pray that we will be a people who are filled with the Spirit. More than that, I pray that as we leave this place, at every moment of every day, we will be in lockstep with the Spirit of God. 
Holy Spirit, we thank you. We bless you. We rejoice in your presence in our lives. Lord, forgive us where we have, we've walked alone. That rather than walking with you, we have said, hey, I can handle this. Or we've tried to do it by some sort of legalistic means. Lord, I pray that today, your presence, you would fill us up afresh and anew right now. If you just need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, you would acknowledge, man, I'm just running dry here. Just hold up your hand. Just, not to me really, but to the Holy Spirit to say, fill me up to overflowing. Touch me afresh and anew. Come, Holy Spirit, in our lives again this morning. Fill us up to overflowing. There are some of us here today who would say, if I don't get a fresh touch of the Spirit of God, I don't know that I'm going to make it. I'm close to the breaking point. Spirit of God, in faith, may they just receive. Like a rushing mighty wind, like a rain in a parched land, just come, Holy Spirit, and fill us up to overflow. Come, Holy Spirit. You may be here today and you need somebody to pray with you about this. There'll be some ministry teams down at the front on either side. If you would like somebody to just intercede with you, be filled with the Spirit afresh and anew, just let them pray for you. I'm going to speak a benedictory uh, scripture over us. You'll be dismissed. If you need to leave, just feel free to step out. Or if you need prayer, just come to the front and let one of these teams that will be on the sides up here pray for you before you leave. Church, let us keep in step with the Spirit of God. Let us walk with the Spirit of God. Because when we do, His fruit will be manifest in our lives. Now to Him who is able, to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or even imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Have a wonderful day in the Give us passion for your name.